Steve Rotherham is Mayor of Liverpool City Region. He hosted an important Liverpool Economic Recovery event on the 9th of March to look at how the region can emerge from the pandemic. And Steve Rotherham is here. Steve, I'm Liz Barkley. I'm the CEO of Back in Business. And Declan Curry is here. He's our business editor. Uh, and obviously, we're agog to know what your vision for Liverpool is. But first of all, maybe you can tell me, given that before the pandemic and probably in the five years running up to 2018, there was a boom going on in Liverpool. There were about 5,000 additional small businesses created in that time. Um, how did Liverpool weather the pandemic or should I say, how has it weathered the pandemic so far? And how will we continue to, to weather the pandemic because it's not over yet and, and we, we shouldn't um, allow people to be under the misapprehension that everything's back to normal because unfortunately it's not. But it might come as a surprise to many of the listeners that the Liverpool city region was actually the fastest growing city region in the whole country pre-pandemic. You know, we would sort of started a little bit further back than many areas, but we were catching up. And that's because of the way in which we'd gone about developing uh, an economy, um, which wasn't just predicated, by the way, on the visitor economy. Many people know that Liverpool, for instance, the city centre is a fantastic place to, to visit. It's got, you know, huge cultural attractions, um, some of the best waterfront and, and um vistas that you could possibly see outside in the hanging gardens of Babylon. Have I said enough? But it, it is, it's a fantastic place. And we, we also have done an awful lot at looking at that diversification of the types of things that will supplement what we've had for many years. And we know, don't we, that the sort of fourth industrial revolution stuff around computers, um, initiatives to look at the green economy, they are really important to our future. So we've, we've tried to, wherever we can, prop up businesses for today, because I believe that if we can ensure that businesses survive now, we will be better uh, placed to take advantage of the, well, the recovery period, but certainly moving into economic growth in the future. So we're doing an awful lot of stuff now but that is also with one eye on what's going to happen in the future and, and whilst we've put in our economic recovery plan which is a 1.4 billion pound transformational plan to central government and, and they've described it as the most ambitious uh, and evidenced in the country um, we can do other things ourselves so we're looking at what we might be able to do to use some of our own money to supplement um, what we already have uh, and to really start to look towards growth. Um, I think that as Back in Business has developed over the last, uh, since May 2020, we've been thinking about this issue about how do you get the business to, to survive, to still exist and then thrive at the end of it. So what you're talking about uh, plays very much to what we uh, have believed in all the way through. You have to do that. And you've said that you've put to the government a £1.4 billion 
transformational vision, but that you can do other things yourselves. So how much of uh, it, how much of the survival has been down to you yourselves on top of things like the furlough scheme and the self-employed income support scheme? Yeah, we've launched a number of initiatives that are specifically targeted to retain businesses in our area and, and help them through this difficult period. And let's not kid ourselves, the pandemic has hit us all hard. And, and you know, we're equally uh, as... Um, impacted by what's happened over the last 12 months as anywhere else. And, and certainly in some of those sectors that I've mentioned, I'd say more so. But we have real ambitions to build back not only better, but stronger and greener and fairer and more socially just. And you would expect that. That's part of our DNA in the Liverpool City region. So we are using some of the funding that we get um, through many different um, sources. And we've been able to specifically put funding packages together. Um, one of them is called the Future Innovation Fund, for instance, which hopefully will not just help businesses to survive, but it will take them to the next stage because we want to get back to economic growth. So, Steve, it's not going to be just business as usual when we come out of this, you want something a bit extra on top of that. Yeah, myself and Andy Burnham um, about seven months ago had a press conference and, and we were the first to use um, Build Back Better. And, and I know that it, it's originally come from Japan after the earthquake, but I'm talking about in the context of, of uh, the UK economy. And, and the reason we were doing that was to say, it doesn't have to be the same in a, uh, a post-pandemic world, we don't have to go back to all of those business-as-usual type um, uh, ways of working and, and things can get better. So, yeah, it, I, I think the, the future can be bright, but for me, we have to do more about ensuring that the economic benefits that we generate are shared more evenly across the six districts of the Liverpool City region. And certainly, you know, if the government's serious about levelling up, which it keeps on using, then we need to ensure that we do look at that economic imbalance in the country and start to provide opportunities for the areas that have been left behind the longest. And of course, the Liverpool City region is one such area. Um, There's just one thing that bothers me is that a lot of our small businesses aren't digital yet. You know, they haven't, they didn't invest in going digital before the pandemic. The pandemic accelerated everything. People, we, we want to level up. We want fairer, stronger, greener, and more socially just. But at the same time, there's probably going to be quite a lot of small businesses left behind. And as such, therefore, will drop out through the holes that are created. Yeah, and things like the Future Innovation Fund are to look at where those gaps exist and, and try to use some of our funding to, to plug those. I think we're, we're all much more aware, aren't we, of the, the benefits of being online, the, the very fact that we're doing this um, online and the most of the meetings that we have on a daily basis, you know, Zoom and Teams and other platforms. But 
look at what's happened with schools with blended learning look what's happened with people who've had to access welfare and benefits they do that online or about those people who have been socially isolated and they're now using um, computers and, and tablets uh, like never before so we know that as a society things have changed and you know we are looking strategically at that but also about how we can help um, businesses in our area who will need to catch up um, otherwise they may well be left behind themselves and that's why you know our, our announcement of a 30 million pound joint venture um, to build a digital loop which will give us connectivity like nowhere else in this country not even Shoreditch can compete with what we're developing but that is the way forward that is about building back better stronger greener fairer more inclusive but it's also taking advantage of those industrial um, progressions that will happen over the next few years many of which we can't even predict at this moment what they'll be but we know they will be around IT digital you know that uh, technological uh, sector. Well, that's so presumably there's technology that we don't even know is going to be invented yet. 100%. That we'll be using. I can hear howls of uh, <laughs> uh, protest from shortage. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind shortage. They can look after themselves. Uh, Steve, does that mean, uh, would that include help from you and your colleagues for businesses to get those digital skills? It's all very well saying that we're going to have this program to speed up uh, the connectivity, but if we're still dealing with businesses that don't even have a website yet, who's going to take them in hand to get them over that hurdle? Who's going to help small businesses develop the digital skills of the one, two, three workers that they have? It's it, In a way, it's much easier for big companies to tackle this. Yeah, and, and that's why it has to be an ecosystem, doesn't it? It has to be everybody. Don't forget, we, we talk about business, but... You know, many voluntary community sector organisations and those socially trading companies, they're also included in this as well. So we want to make an offer to large companies, small companies, to the third sector, to everybody, so that we can start to build that ecosystem in our city region, that people can help each other. And, and that's um, it's important that we do get that collaboration, but that's going to need funding. And lots of this is going to be from central government if it genuinely wants to build stronger economies if it wants us to take advantage of that fourth industrial revolution then it has to invest and what we're saying is that through our recovery plan the 1.4 billion pounds uk plc would get 8.8 .8 billion pounds in return so it's not about handouts anymore it is about enabling and facilitating companies so that they themselves can grow and that gives the the country a return uh, and we want to be at the forefront of that that's why you know it's really important with this digital connectivity but it means that the government also needs to look at where it uses say for instance skills funding and, and that's you know through an apprenticeship levy primarily at the moment where areas where we do need those additional skills um, many of those companies are not able to access the apprenticeship levy and we're saying to the government if they work through combined authorities because we have an assurance framework and that means that they can be guaranteed that, that money will be used for 
skills, we can start to develop the skills for tomorrow, today, but also we can bridge those skill shortages and help where the skills gaps are uh, in companies so that we can all go forward together. Uh, and we just need some goodwill from central government. And it's not always about more money, but it's about funding that's already there that can be used differently. What's the signals coming from central government? I mean, you're saying, you know, on a 1.4 billion investment, you're going to get 8.8 billion in return. That's a good return on investment. Is government listening? Are you feeling that uh, there's a will behind you here? I think at one stage they were actually listening to the likes of myself and Andy Burnham and other Metro mayors throughout the country and Sadiq Khan. They've gone a bit cold on devolution over the last few months, I think. You know, we, we saw that manifested in the way in which they withdrew um, core funding from Transport for the North, you know, the strategic body trying to, to get connectivity to the transport system from west to east, from Liverpool to Hull. Uh, and and they, they've started to, to pull the rug from under their feet. And we've seen this with the levelling up. That's not really levelling up. And also with the, the community funding that's come out recently, you know, which disadvantages the areas that have been left behind and, and gives money to, um, I think, 39 out of the 44, which is to Tory areas. So the government has to be serious if it does want to help UK PLC, because we can get greater growth here than in many other areas of the country. So if they're serious with us, we can tackle the skills shortage areas, we can start to develop businesses in the right sectors for the future, and we can provide government with a return on the investment. Uh, and it's your guess as well as anybody else's as to why you know, £1.4 billion for nearly £9 billion in return isn't something that the government should be biting our hands off for. Can you sort out the problems of young people? Because I think we've got a big issue, have we not, in terms of the number of young people unemployed not able to get into the employment market, having lost their jobs as well, um, and actually facing the prospect of paying for this pandemic for decades to come. Yeah, and I'm working with Gordon Brown at the moment and many others on an alliance for full employment. And sometimes when you say full employment, people will go, Oh, well, you're never going to get to full employment. We've done something similar. We've got a zero suicide alliance. And people say, well, you're never going to be able to stop everybody who wants to take their own lives from doing so. But for both of those things, if somebody wants to come up with a figure that they'd be comfortable with, then perhaps we could call it something else. But I'm not comfortable with anybody taking their own life if we can help them not to. And I'm not happy with any young people or anybody else being unemployed. I've been unemployed um, a couple of times in the 80s and I hated every minute of that. And I don't want a whole generation to be lost to us to go through what we went through in the 80s. So we have to look at where those opportunities lie. And it's not just in the jobs that we currently have. You know, there's an old saying that, 
66% of young people in school now, when they leave um, primary school, they will be working in jobs that haven't yet been discovered. So we need to be looking for those opportunities to be ahead of the curve, to give hope to young people that if they do well and apply themselves at school, that there will be something for them when they move into the world of work. So, Steve, when you look at what the future of Liverpool might be, what does it look like to you? Declan, you know, the, um, the issue that we had with formulating a combined authority was bringing six areas together that, that has never worked together and then to give it a title. And we called it the Liverpool City Region and fought hard at central government because whilst not everyone feels that they're part of Liverpool, when they're abroad, when you're abroad and say, for instance, you, you live in the Wirral, you go abroad and somebody says, where are you from? And if you said the Wirral, they're not going to know it. Mm. But you can go anywhere in the world and people will know Liverpool. It is an unbelievable brand for us. And we haven't maximised the opportunities of that brand internationally. In fact, our FDI literally has fallen off a cliff. So we need to reinvent what Liverpool, because you mentioned Liverpool, and the city region is about. And that's the exercise that we're currently going through. It, it, look, it's great to have so many visitors because those millions of people who come into Liverpool, they go away, many of them, with a completely different impression of the stereotype that people would expect. It is genuinely, it's a beautiful place to visit. But when you're in Liverpool, you are a hop, step and a jump away from miles and miles of some of the most beautiful um, coastline in the whole country. Southport and, and Formby and all that, or on the Wirral in, in West Kirby and going right the way to New Brighton. Wonderful places. You could also use it as a staging post to go to Chester or to the Lake District or whatever. But we need more people who come into Liverpool to actually visit some of the jewels in the crown that we have in other areas. So Shakespeare for the North, which will, you know, we're funding, which will be developed in the next 12 months or so, will be a great asset, a cultural asset for all of the area. So we've got that. The ingredients are there. The starting point for us is amazing. I, I bet you most people would think if I said we're the most sophisticated computer is in the country, they'll think it's in Cambridge or Oxford or, or perhaps even in London, the Golden Triangle. And it's actually in the Liverpool city region. We have um, a cluster of life sciences companies that are really innovative. They are, are you know, they, these people are going to be putting products that we'll all be using in the future that will change people's lives and improve their health. We, Unfortunately, we had um, two people um, many years ago called Kastner and Kellner who, who came in and you'll know they set up in Witness and as one of their products, um, we got plastic. Instead of looking backwards and saying, oh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a great invention at the time, but what a disaster it's been for the planet. We're looking at working with Unilever over in Port Sunlight on the world and we're looking at a national national packaging innovation center that will use alternatives to plastic and, and that can really address that global blight that we've got. So talk about going full circle. So I, I, I love our history, the history of the, the whole area, 
But that shouldn't be something that holds us back. It should be an enabler to say, look what we used to have and look how inventive we were and why can't we be pioneers and at the vanguard of the new industrial revolution as it unfolds? That's where I want to take us. And just on that point of reinventing business, uh, the uh, car factory at Ellesmere Port, just down the road from you, it's had a difficult choice. It either makes petrol and diesel for another four years and then closes down, or it reconverts at huge expense to making all electric vehicles. I'm guessing you'll want it to reconvert to electric to give it a whole new uh, lifespan. Where does the money for that come from? How much comes from the company? How much comes from, from government? Well, innovate or die, of course. And, and um, we have to decide, don't we, as a country, whether we want to, to see large-scale manufacture you know, exist in, in, our, in our country beyond what we've currently got. And, and look, we've got the, the sort of vicissitudes, haven't we, of what will happen with Brexit. We, we haven't fully felt those aftershocks yet and, and you know, the, the headwinds that will come as a result. So I, I, I'm, I'm a glass half full person, so I'm looking at what the opportunities might be. I think it's a it's it's a genuinely wonderful phase that we will move into with all of the advantages that we'll have of a technological age. Okay, so what does that mean for jobs? Um, what does it mean for investment? Um, what might it mean for us being able to save the planet? That there are uh, projects that we've got in the Liverpool city region beyond sort of. Um, car manufacturing and automotive uh, industries and there's the supply chain. So hydrogen is going to be massive for us. And, and we're looking at hydrogen for our public transport. So we're buying some buses, hydrogen buses. We're looking at it through glass futures uh, where we will be able to decarbonize energy intensive industries right the way across the piece. And I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to speak to Aston about some of the details of that. We are looking at where we can be innovative. So Philippa will talk about a company that's literally five minutes from where I'm sitting now called uh, CNC Robotics. Look, we've got all of the raw ingredients. We have to have the government support and the industrial strategy and then the recovery plans for areas so that UK PLC can benefit. This is not just about us anymore. We need to be part of the solution for this country moving forward. And that's why devolution is so important to us. Sure. And I appreciate you setting out that longer view, but just on the specifics of Vauxhall, if the owners of Vauxhall say we need money or we're shutting down, should the government cough up? Yeah, we need money. We, as I say, it, it is, it's not just saying, give us some money for what we're currently doing. It's saying if we innovate, if we use, battery technology, you know, electrical vehicles, whatever, we can move forward and become profitable again. And that's all it is. It, it's bridging the, the bit between what's happening now and where we need to take the economy. So I mentioned hydrogen. Hydrogen, in many cases, isn't proven yet. So we need to trial that. And that's why we're saying to government, look, if you want to... Uh, a petri dish to test some of these things out to pilot them we will work with you and we're doing that on many instances um, where for instance we want want to use hydrogen 
in gas supplies, domestic gas supplies, and we're going to work with Cadent, we're going to look at what percentage we can get away with of using hydrogen before then you have to go through the, the process that I know that, uh, Declan, y- you will have been through, but I'm sure Liz didn't. But in the old days, when we moved from town gas to North Sea, there used to be somebody who came to your house and they used to change the elements in, in your your domestic appliances. And just imagine if we were to go to hydrogen, what that would mean, the billions of pounds that it would take to do that in every household. So we're trying to see what we can get away with. And it's the art of the doable that the Liverpool City region is really interested in. The only time the gas board came to our house was to collect the 50p's and the, and the 20p pieces. <laughs> Cut you off. <laughs> well, we both we both grew up in Northern Ireland and we had bottled gas. Now oh, you mentioned, gas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned uh, Philippa and Aston, and yes, there are. Uh, apart <laughs> from our own team, Ben and George, who uh, do our recording and run our social media, we also have Philippa Glover and Aston Fuller. Uh, Philippa, you're a bit in the shade. <laughs> we, no, I'm sorry. We're, we're struggling to see see you well. But uh, I know that you are MD or Managing Director of CNC Robotics and Aston Fuller is General Manager of Glass Futures. You've both been mentioned by Steve. What's your thinking about Steve's vision? Because it seems to me that there's a lot of big thoughts in Steve's head. (laughs) There's a lot of big projects. He wants big. He's thinking big. Do you feel that you are big enough to be part of this vision of recovery uh, you know, what's the role that you two are going to play and your businesses are going to play? Yeah, so so a- absolutely. So I think Liverpool City Region is a vibrant city. You know, we've, as a company, we've grown up in Liverpool City Region. It's been fundamental. It's part of our DNA. And innovation is going to be a key driving force for good, both from an economic recovery perspective, but also in terms of addressing some of the society challenges that we have, both within the Liverpool City Region and across the UK and, and even, well, across the world. Um, and, you know, as a 17 person SME, you know, actually we play a really big role in that. So over the past year, we grew significantly, even though we had significant challenges and the world pretty much fell apart. During that growth, we recruited five people. Those five people um, pretty much would have been unemployed had we not you know, grown and given them those opportunities. You know, and I personally see my role as a leader, but also as, a, as, as the role of, of CNC Robotics is to push as hard as we can to reach our true potential. Because if, if I do that, and if we do that as a business, then that will bring a huge amount of growth, opportunities for everyone here in the city region and outside. And, you know, we, and we play a really, really big role. And, and actually, I probably would challenge Steve to say, his plans are big, but come on, you know, can we get bigger? You know, we can absolutely do this. You know, we absolutely can play on an international stage. You know, we've got all of the, gra- the, the right features to do that. And, you know, I'm really privileged. I sit on the Industrial Strategy Challenge Fund Manufacturing Made Smarter Advisory Group, if you can get it out, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, you know, and I'm sat there with the likes of GKN, Rolls-Royce. And you know what? I've got a really big voice and people are listening and people listen to what we say. Um, and, you know, what I want to see more of is, is a greater amount of investment that and the investment decisions made locally, because I think the leaders in Liverpool City region have got a much better grasp on what needs to be done locally than those guys in London. 
Um, and I think I want, I, I, well, I don't think, I want to see, I want to see more of that power and more of that investment and funding being given to the city region, supporting the devolved administration, supporting the combined authority, and that will enable us to really drive economic growth and that will enable um, Steve and the rest of his team to support more companies like CNC Robotics because we have got a fantastic community of SMEs out there. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with Steve and, you know, I'm, you know, on it, you know, both, both personally and professionally. And I suppose it's probably something that you can tell that I'm quite passionate about. I've got two young kids. I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. It's my responsibility to, to, to make sure that them and their, their friends have got, have got that bright future and those opportunities. You know, this is all music. This is all music to my ears, because when I phoned Declan and said, come and join me on this back in business venture, what, that's exactly what I was saying. The small businesses are the backbone. The small businesses yeah. are the ones who are going to drive this recovery. We need to give them a voice, which is what we've been trying to do. Aston, what's your take on all of this? Are you are you up for this fight, too? You're, um, I think you're a bit bigger than than Philippa's. Robotics. We're actually very, very similar at the moment. I think um, I'd just like to echo the, the enthusiasm from our side and I think what we see in the in the city region. I think Steve's vision is a big one um, and there's a lot of strategy around it. I think what's interesting is that converting that strategy into action on the ground is the role of the SMEs in the region and the other players. I think um, so just to give you a little bit of a, a brief history overall, so I mean, Glass Futures is a research and technology organisation. So we are an SME, but we are a not-for-profit and we've been heavily funded through public sector. So UKRI have put a £15 million investment in, the Liverpool City region have put a £9 million investment in, St Helens Council have invested. What I can see is a really strong uh, strategic approach where actually those people in the region are helping to drive attracting things that will you know, bring this innovation change. Um, I think as a research and technology organisation, our role in the ecosystem that, that Steve talked about is to be that enabler, is to allow the SMEs in the region to reach their full potential. Um, you know, the, the challenge of the fourth industrial revolution is complex. I think the reality is huge international businesses ultimately are major drivers and they support the supply chain and the SMEs ultimately feed into that. And, you know, th this is how SMEs are going to, going to help export UK um, businesses globally. And the, the brand of Liverpool City region is massive. The brand of St Helens in the history of glass manufacture is a huge global, you know, a huge global brand that everyone knows about. And this, no, sorry, sorry, go on, Nicole. I'm sorry, I was, I was just going to ask you to, to spell that out. That When we say glass features, you are talking about the glass industry because, of course, with the old Pilkington plant, there is that history of glass making in, in the St Helens area. Absolutely. It's, it's known all over the world. It's, it's an international brand. And, and what we've seen is that, um, you know, the international glass industry is attracted to a globally unique research capability being laid down in the city region. And we are pulling in people from North America, across Europe, you know, international brands are joining to be part of what is a future research. And this technology will be rolled out around the world. You know, this is going to export research and development, people, skills, experience, to impact the global world. And people um, might not think of, but the glass industry is all about innovation. It's all about developing self-cleaning glass, glass that uh, has more environmental control. And um, What about uh, vaccinations? That, uh, and vaccinations as well, making those tiny, tiny little glass vials that 
uh, allow the doses to be measured. And um, as that speaks to what Steve was saying about the importance of recognising the industrial past of Liverpool, but building on it and building better in the future. hundred uh, percent. And, um, you know, the, the industrial revolution and innovation and, you know, tackling carbon is a very big topic in society. The reality is the actual pathway to doing that is the unknown. You know, it's the thing that should get entrepreneurs, uh, small business owners and people excited about the concept, you know, where there is challenge, where there is opportunity comes, you know, entrepreneurship into its, into its piece. And, and you know, th- there is an opportunity to create that ecosystem and actually make sure that Liverpool city region is at the heart of it. Um, how much of this, because we've been, we've been going round the UK cities in the UK virtually, obviously over the past few weeks on our podcast. Um, and it seems to me that the cities that are most optimistic for the future are probably ones with, quite a lot of uh, university input, you know, um, and there are four universities in Liverpool. So how much of this do you think, uh, this thinking, this mindset, this development uh, of technology, this embracing of the industrial past, but moving it onwards into the future is down to that working with the universities, uh, that collaboration with the universities? I, I think I think that's fundamental and, and at the moment I'm working with um, two university groups on a, on a consultancy challenge and you know there's some very very bright minds in in that and through the help and support of um, some some local funding I'm able to offer internships out to two of those individuals who hopefully will be able to join the team longer term um, and I think within the universities we have in in Liverpool we've got some very very bright minds who are who are who are the future and you know they, those guys are going to be and girls are going to be the ones that are going to create the future companies and you know I've been privileged to meet you know in, in, well one young woman in particular who set up a company called Aquarate and she that was a spin out from a university it was a student project that she did she got VC funding and now she's making that happen um, and, you know, the universities will be fundamental to driving that. And what we've got to do is continue to nurture and grow that talent and where possible, you know, keep them in the city region, you know, show them, you know, I live in West Kirby. Steve mentioned about West Kirby. It's beautiful. You know, you wouldn't want to live anywhere else, you know. So, you know, come to university here, stay here, set your business up here, you know, and grow it. Um, and I think we've got everything that can keep those ta- those talented individuals captivated. Um, don't know what I, I, yeah, can I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about anyone else. I mean, the, the world has changed hugely over the course of the past year. You know, it's, it's, it's in front of everyone's eyes. The thing that I've seen in particular is that the word collaboration has been used heavily throughout, you know, the course of you know, the past 10, 15, you know, in, in the modern world. I think actually what I've seen is the approach to collaboration has changed. Like this, this last year has changed people's mentalities. And I think, um, th- there's a huge amount of brilliant work that's done in universities. Um, I don't think up until now we've always had this really clear, you know, we're all in this together. And if we don't pull together and really tackle the big challenges, we might not survive as a as an entire, you know, peoples. And I think that change in mentality is going to see that work being done in academia start impacting businesses more. I think the role of and people that that bridge that gap, which is really where I see companies like Glass Futures, is to make sure that small businesses, you know, we can talk and understand the people and their challenges. You know, people are worried about furlough and can they pay business rates. 
but at the same merit, they have to um, make sure that they've got a way to engage with the academics and the academics are focusing their work on things that are going to impact people's businesses. You know, we can't do um, academic work for, for academic endeavor. We don't have the time and we should be using that resources to making sure that it impacts society and, and businesses and, you know, UK PLC. But I, so I would agree with that. I think I think the world has changed. And I know I, for one, so back in May last year, I reached out to the University of Liverpool Business School um, and I said to the dean, and I probably never came across a bit rude, but I was like, how come I don't know you? And how come you don't know us? You know, we're, we're a robotics company in the city that's got a great opportunity. You know, what can we do together? Um, and and what, what we did is that I had two students who worked over the summer who took a strategic review on the opportunities for us as a business in the new environment that we sit in. An absolute brilliant piece of work that I was able to then take strategic advantage of. Um, and, and actually, you could argue, so I should have built that relationship sooner. And that's maybe one of the roles that we can do as businesses. Yes, universities need to come to us, but actually we also have to come to the party. Um, and it's down to everyone, as Aston said, is, you know, actually the past year probably has potentially taught all of us to say, well, we've all got to kind of collaborate and come together to make this work. You know, we've got a responsibility as well as the young people asking for work experience or the academics looking for research projects and um, the combined authority looking at support we've just got to create that environment and that ecosystem where where everyone is supported and, and people's voices and opinions are heard and we use that to our advantage to, to really grow the companies and and the individuals we have in the city region well if you don't ask you don't get. exactly you, if don't, you don't, get. don't get well i ended up i felt really rude but it was true because i was like oh. you know why don't we know each other <laughs> people, people people quite like to be asked I think but this just reminds me of when I first started in business journalism I met uh, an Australian man who was running one of the big organizations on skills and he said the biggest problem we have in this country is that we have no interface between education and industry and until we get that right we actually aren't going to make the kind of progress that we need to make so maybe we've got there and that's got to be 25 years ago. So maybe we're getting there now. Um, Steve has had to go because, of course, he's going canvassing uh, tonight. Um, as he did remind us, there is an election. Um, sadly, he's not here to hear your final words on his vision. But, you know, what do you think, Philippa? What do you think, Aston? Is Steve's vision the way to go? I'll uh, I'll pick up. I, I think I think the vision is 100% the right one. You know, investment in um, people, in innovation, in the area for equitable and regional growth is really really important. I think you know the, the vision, as with anything, and the strategy, um, investment is going to be important, but just as important as the investment is the people and the way that people interact with each other. I mean, it's easy to talk about skills and the differences in skills. The reality is the mechanics of delivering this is, you know, it, it's not the responsibility of policymakers and people that sit at the top. The reality of delivering this is it has to be born through groups that are set up, organisations that are talking and working with each other, and the way that SMEs interact with people. And I think creating the ecosystem is the thing that will enable that. And, th you know, things like the Good Business Festival, as an example, I think are a really brilliant opportunity for the city to talk about you know, not just, you know, business for the sake of being here to, you know, run a business that makes money, but actually about 
you know, putting social justice at the forefront of uh, business behaviours, giving fair and equitable opportunities to different people across the region. And I think that for me is the key, you know, the, the key driver of this strategy that's really going to make it work. It's not just the headline figures. It is the, what are the building blocks on the ground that are actually going to enable these, you know, these links and these innovations to not just be a interesting starting point and vision, but actually to be realised such that, you know, and I think Liverpool can be top of the world. And I think the brand is a strong one. And, you know, we, we need to just deliver the goods over the next years and, and make sure it happens. Uh, Steve, I said you probably had to go off canvassing. Um, you probably had to go and ring your, um, answer your doorbell again. <laughs> but Aston was just uh, giving his judgment on your vision and he thinks it's the right way to go. Philippa, what's your take on yeah. Steve's vision? So, so I agree. So I think, you know, innovation needs to be at the heart of our recovery and, and the heart of our growth strategy. And I agree with Aston, you know, it, it goes down to the people and actually it isn't the policymakers that will make it happen. It will be the SMEs and the individuals on the ground who will who will drive that change and make a positive um, impact on both the socio and the economic kind of makeup of Liverpool City region. Um, and, it, and it's our role. We all have to play a role in that and, and take that kind of as our responsibility, as well as continuing to champion to, to, to get more kind of funding to enable those right local decisions to be made. You know, I, I think from and I can speak from experience, you know, we've there's a fantastic support network out there. So, you know, Steve talked about SciTech Daresbury, the team at SciTech Daresbury, are, they would do anything for you. They are there you know, night and day to support you as a, as a business leader and as an individual and likewise the growth platform. Um, and we just need to further utilise that ecosystem and, and building on a lot of the strengths that we already have in place to ensure that, that we turn um, a strategic plan into reality because actually Aston's right, it's about the delivery. You know, now what we've got to do is really drive that action. Um, and I think we can do that. Um, and, you know, Steve's plan, you know, sets a really, really good roadmap to allow us to, to do that as a region. Um, I know that Steve's having problems with his audio. Uh, so perhaps uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Declan, a, a final word from you. I'm just struck by how important skills has been in the whole of this discussion. And, and Liz, it's something you and I have talked about uh, over the years uh, in, in terms of how important it is. And, you know, we've heard from uh, Philippa, whose business in robotics needs skills at the very, very highest level. We've heard from Aston about the wealth of skills that Liverpool of the region has had throughout its history and how much innovation is needed in those even those traditional industries uh, in the years ahead we've talked a little about Vauxhall and its reinvention in the region as well the challenge for uh, someone in Steve's position is ensuring that you've got that flow of skills of all levels from small businesses that haven't set up a website to Philippa's robotics company that needs cutting edge skills that that flow of skills is there that there is that engagement between business and academia and also or secondary schools to make sure that that flows through uh, but it's also important to Steve in making sure that when small business helps generate the opportunity and generate the wealth that it is shared throughout the wider Liverpool city region and its community and you get that by empowering people with those skills so they can play a full part in developing that economic future. I uh 
wanted Steve to give us a, a, a timeline. Obviously, that's not possible because the technology has let us down. I can't believe it, given all the innovation that we need to, to get us through this. this is um, so, uh, in investment, isn't it, Harry? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so there we will. There we will leave it. Steve will hear your comments, obviously, because he will have the recording uh, of this podcast. Uh, all, all I can do is say thank you very much to uh, Steve Rotherham, the mayor of Liverpool City Region, to Philippa Glover, uh, MD of CNC Robotics, and to Aston Fuller, General Manager of Glass Futures. Thank you all for joining us, and we will be coming back to find out. Um, how you've got on in the recovery uh, and where we've got to, uh, when you've got to where you'd like to get to <laughs> as well, and whether you've been able to find the skills that you've needed throughout the economic recovery. But thank you very much indeed for joining thank, us. It's been a much. great conversation. Thanks, really enjoyed it. Pleasure. Pleasure.